culture, energy, and urgency. That's what new assistant head coach and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy is bringing to Washington this year. That, according to receiver Jahan Dotson. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome into your Monday episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget, you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can continue the conversation over on subtext at joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders, where you can go one-on-one with me because I'm your host, David Harrison, dharrison82 on Twitter, credential member of the media on the Washington Commanders beat for Commander Country, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I appreciate your continued support for the show. On today's episode of Locked on Commanders, we're going to discuss more than 290 reasons Dan and Tanya Snyder held on to the team as long as they have. And we'll discuss some more coach and coordinator comments from the end of last week's OTAs. We're going to do that. Thanks to our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. But before we get to all of that other stuff, we're going to talk about the weekend because on Saturday, Commanders receiver Jahan Dotson was the feature athlete at a youth camp held by Next Gen Camps in Upper Marlboro, Maryland at Riverdale Baptist School. Jahan was kind enough to talk to us while we were there as well. And here's some of what he had to say about working out with the kids new assistant head coach and office coordinator Eric Bieniemy and more. Growing up like Deshaun Jackson and you know some of those guys like be able to play on the same football field as them like that'd be so cool. So like just to be out here doing this for the kid is definitely pretty cool. Were you ever that tiny? I don't think I was ever that tiny. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Any of the kids talking talking trash to you? Yeah, they've been talking a little bit of trash. We're going to have to humble them. Just a little bit. I, I heard when you got some seven on seven, I might be playing today. I didn't think I would be playing today, but I saw you throw your phone down. I thought, I thought yeah, I thought I was about to run. They they were challenging me, but I couldn't. I couldn't take it on. If one of them beats me, I, I can't have that. We'd probably get on video. Yeah, too. right. <laughs> How about TA's been? It's been good. It's been really good. Um, you know, just getting back with the guys has been really great. Learning the offense. Um, it's a lot, but you know, it's what we love to do. Uh, Coach Bianami, I feel like he's he's brought culture to our team. He's brought a sense of energy, uh, a sense of urgency. You know, it's been really good just being able to learn from him, uh, just get familiar with the things that he wants us to do and the things that we want to do uh, to be able to capitalize and win some games this year. For your role specifically, how much different is this offense for you? Um, I wouldn't say too much different. You know. I always like to think of myself as, you know, as long as I get open, um, it makes my job easy for the offensive coordinator, makes my job easier for the quarterback. So uh, I feel like that's the same no matter what. Um, I feel like it's just, you know, learning the offense is is the biggest thing. Coming from last year being a rookie and thrown into a a brand new offense, uh, coming into my second year thrown into a brand new offense, I feel like some of the the same things I, I was doing last year as a rookie learn from and pick up on now and and just do even better uh, to make sure that I grasp the the offense even quicker 
and um, make sure that I'm able to be out on the field at all times. How, how do you go about learning an offense? I always hear about this, but like, what do you actually do physically to her? How do you how do you do your, your homework yeah. to, to do that? Yeah, uh, every night going home, it's almost like being in school again. Uh, every night going home, I bought a couple of whiteboards from Walmart. Sit there plays. Uh, the coaches sometimes give us scripts for practices, so you, you know kind of what you're looking forward to the next day. I refer to it as learning a new language. Like we, we all talk, it means the same, but we just say it differently. So uh, I feel like that's the, the biggest thing: just learning the new terminology um, and just getting familiar with it. So that's something Coach Terrell said last year with yeah. young receivers. Not you specifically, but young receivers. Right. That's kind of one of his biggest challenges was getting young receivers to understand what everybody else is yeah. doing. Obviously, he's not here anymore. But do you feel like you're getting better at that this the second year? Yeah, for sure. Uh, last year, it was definitely hard for me. Um, I was, you know, I, I'm a rookie. I'm coming in. Mine is everywhere. I'm just thinking about what I have to do on every single play. You know, I'm not really worried about what Logan's doing, what Terry's doing. But all in all, it, it'll help you at the end of the day because it, it's about timing, spacing, uh, different things like that. So right now I'm, I'm able to do that. Uh, and I felt like it was just being more comfortable, uh, getting more comfortable with the playbook and different things like that. But as the season progressed on, I, I was able to learn what everyone else is doing and uh, starting with this new offense. And, that, that's how I'm going. That's how I'm attacking it uh, instead of learning what I'm doing. I got my guy here with me right now, Tariq Castro Fields. Uh, yeah, that's my right hand. Um, that's a guy who's, if you've seen me, he's usually always with me. Um, that's my brother, you know. We, we shared such a, a great bond at Penn State. Like, I feel like what made us what made us good on the field was we were so close off the field. Uh, so we, having that with me in the NFL is definitely pretty cool. And I'll forever cherish that. Really impressed with the young DBs they brought on, Forbes, Vaughn? Yeah, um, both are very good. I understand why they were both drafted that high. Uh, Forbes is, he, you watch the tape, and honestly, I watched the tape, and I was like, I think he's good, but I don't, I, I don't know, you know? But after seeing him on the field, I, I know how good he is now. I understand why he was drafted in the first round. Um, I understand what all the hype is about. I, I honestly can't wait to see him play on Sundays because I think he's going to make a lot of plays. And, and Quan, the, the exact same thing. I played against him in college, um, and he, he's progressed tremendously as a football player. Um, and I can't wait to see what he does. Have you guys had the discussion about that 21 <laughs> catch you had against him? Oh, um, my gosh. 189 yards. He so. actually said something about it the other day. He was like, <laughs> no, did you guys ask him? He was like, he was like, um, just know I, I, I'm going to get my get back. And that was the first words he said to me. Like, I, he didn't say hi. I haven't talked to him since he's been here. He just came up to me behind me. He said, just know I got to get my get back. And I, I had no idea what he was talking about. But now it all makes sense. Context, yeah, yeah, that's what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> Trick back your high school here for this, for this youth camp. How's yeah, it, how's it feeling back home as an NFL player? Um, Yeah, it's my first time back in a minute. So it feels good. And just to support Han and everything he got going on. So. You've been coaching these kids through, uh, through some drills. How's yeah. they been? Uh, it's fun because, you know, especially this being my high school, like I remember how it was as a, a teen or even younger, just running around and not it, football not being so serious. So it brings back that kind of fun aspect for sure. Yeah, did you ever get to do anything like this when you were younger? Uh, yeah, not here, though. It was a lot of camps like in D.C. and places like that. So. Mm -hmm. You were uh, you were doing some races with, yeah. the, with the young guys. Any yeah. any, uh, any trash talking that stood out to you? Uh, just all of them. You know how kids are. <laughs> like they gonna tell you how it is. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of talk, obviously, in camp about the arrival of Eric Bieniemy and the yeah. installation of Sam Howell. Mm -hmm. um, some you know, a lot of second year players and 
kind of a new page, right, for the Washington Bears franchise. The fans are kind of feeling a little bit of electricity. Is that something that you guys, the second, the sophomore, the NFL sophomores, kind of feel as well that you're kind of help usher in this new era of Commanders football? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, a new wave. You got Sam Howe that's leading the charge and Coach uh, Bianami as well. So, I mean, I'm having fun. Like, going against that offense, it's a new style. It's up-tempo. It's a lot of people all over the place. So, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and then you're one to year two. How do you feel about your game and where you're going? Yeah, I feel way better. I mean, uh, just day to day, I got my routine down. I'm comfortable in the building, um, more familiar with the playbook. Um, just everything like that has been super fun. All right, guys, special thanks to Next Gen Camp CAA Sports, and of course, Jahan Dotson, Tariq Castro Fields, and their team. Certainly uh, a lot of value gained there by the kids in attendance and a fun day for all involved. Talked to some of the parents on my way out, and they were certainly enjoying uh, the festivities and the afternoon's activities. So coming up next, we're going to hear from more of what the coaches and coordinators had to tell us at the end of the Commander's OTA periods. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. The Denver Nuggets had a resounding win against the Miami Heat in Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Game 2 taking place Sunday night. So by the time this is airing on YouTube, that game will be over and we will know, do the Miami Heat have a 1-1 tie with the Nuggets or do the Denver Nuggets have a 2-0 lead heading to Miami? Whatever the result is, there's going to be updated odds on FanDuel. And of course, you can always get same game parlays where you can get rebound props, three-point made props, assists, points scored, all kinds of different things, double-doubles and wins, whatever you want to bet on, you can do it over at FanDuel, and there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than at America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listen today and every day. Every day is come back tomorrow as we'll wrap up our OTA observations. I'm going to give you players that need to show up, players that need to keep up, and we as we enter the week's mandatory minicamp, and I'm going to give you the winner's list that I put together for the first two weeks of Phase 3 as we enter the final week of Phase 3, and that's all going to lead into the long, cold period for the NFL, but don't worry, we are still going to be here five days a week talking commanders, football, sale updates, all of it as we go along this offseason. Get ready for training camp, preseason right around the corner. Continuing today's conversation where we left off last week, and that's some comments from coaches and coordinators at the end of the OTA period. We got to sit down in the team cafeteria with position coaches, uh, coordinators, and, and all, all kinds of different people. Uh, but specifically, I want to pick up our comments uh, and again, if you missed the initial part of that conversation, go back to our, our previous episode right before this one. Uh, we went over Eric Bieniemy, Jack Del Rio, and Coach Nate Katzer, the special teams coordinator, are the, uh, the the three heads you'll see on the thumbnail there on YouTube, or it's the previous upload uh, if you're on audio platforms. And we talked about a bunch of comments from EB, Jack Del Rio, and Nate Katzer there. But we're going to dive into a little bit more of what EB had to say about a specific player. Then we're going to dive into his position coach, a special teams coach, uh, as well. And we're talking specifically about running back Chris Rodriguez Jr., uh, the commander sixth round draft pick 
this year. And the reason I've kind of uh, been interested in Chris is, for one, he was our final film review, film study that we did from the NFL draft class uh, this past you know couple of weeks. But he's also one of the harder evaluations at this point in the offseason because the skill set that he brings to the Washington Commanders is basically power, right? And that's not really something we can gauge right now at the NFL level. Now, watching his film and his tape at Kentucky is very, very impressive. Uh, you go back to the Georgia game that we talked about, and he's carrying like four or five Bulldog defenders. These are NFL caliber defenders, most of these guys. Uh, and he's carrying them on his back for a 15-yard gain. So what I set out to do on Thursday with these conversations was find out what the coaches and coordinators foresee uh, about where his biggest impacts could be made this coming season. And here's a little bit uh, of what we got. When I asked Eric B. Enemy about a guy like Chris Rodriguez and with the limitations on power or uh, contact, I asked him kind of where can he really make his impact right now. Coach Bianami said, quote, special teams. One thing these guys will hear from me, as long as we're together, there's an imaginary sign outside the door that says, quote, hiring all applicants. So yeah, we got some pretty good running backs here. So just because you play that position doesn't mean that you can't play other positions. The quickest way to making this team is making sure you become best friends with that special teams coordinator. And if you're becoming best friends with that special teams coordinator, that means that you're finding a way to become a four-phase special teams player. Chris hasn't taken that for granted at all. He's doing a hell of a job just working and doing whatever he can to show up on tape for all the right reasons. Chris is a hardworking kid. He takes a tremendous amount of pride uh, in everything that he does. And I think right now he's in a good place, end quote. So very good comments from the assistant head coach, offensive coordinator on Chris Rodriguez's efforts through rookie camp and then two weeks uh, of OTA. And when we go back to that film study uh, of Chris, I asked that question because, again, you can't really see that power right now uh, on the on the practice field. I mean, if, if you're a Marvel fan, I kind of equate it to if you take Hulk and you put him in a virtual reality headset and you tell him to go do damage, I mean, you can't really see it because he's not being he can't make contact with anything. So it's really important for him to show his 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 study his study his study ability right now to his coaches and his ability to take information, retain information. I think that's really the biggest thing. Uh, if you go back to our conversation with Coach Rivera heading into rookie camps and everything else, he talked about kind of giving these guys all the information that they can get right off the bat to see how much they can retain and how well they can kind of store all that information. So Eric Bieniemy kind of commenting on some of the things that Chris Rodriguez can do to make sure that he is on this initial 53-man roster at the end of training camp. But all, all those things really kind of pertaining to the special teams coordinator at this time in his development, well, I asked special teams coordinator Nate Katzer about Chris's potential role or roles on the special teams as well. And Nate Katzer told me that Chris Rodriguez could be a four-phase special teams contributor. You go back to EB's comments saying it's important for him to be a four-phase guy. Well, Nate Katzer thinks that he can be on punts. He told me that he thinks that Chris could be a guy who is a protector initially, you know, I'm on the snap of the ball, but then leaks out and pursues downfield the way that a linebacker would to make a play on the returner or on the ball uh, down the field. What's doubly interesting here is that this could actually lead to a reduction in the amount of linebackers kept on the initial 53-man roster. If you go back to some of the initial 53 stuff that we had in the last mailbag uh, episode, I used last year's initial 53 as kind of a marker, a guide for this year's initial 53-man roster. And again, we'll have an official projection later on in training camp in the preseason, but I was a little surprised to remember how many linebackers made the initial 53-man roster. I asked special teams coordinator Nate Katzer if that was because of the special teams contributions that linebackers can make, and he emphatically shook his head up 
yet up and down yes. And then I asked him if Chris Rodriguez, if his role on the team and on special teams could actually lead to a downtick in the amount of linebackers kept. And Coach Katz are absolutely confirmed with me that that is a possibility. So if Chris Rodriguez can prove himself a little bit on the football field when we are able to see that full contact in the preseason and he can contribute on special teams, then maybe he becomes your third or fourth running back on the roster like we had last year with the commander's initial 53. But you free up a linebacker spot and that spot goes somewhere else, whether it be secondary receiver, what have you, you know, whatever they decide to use that extra spot. So that's that's kind of an interesting wrinkle in this whole thing where, you know, the the existence of Chris Rodriguez on the initial 53 could actually lead to a decision elsewhere uh, on the roster as well. So that's just punt coverage, right? Well, what about punt returns? Uh, Nate Katzer told me that the team could use him as a rusher to try and get some blocks on uh, the opposing punter, obviously get in and try to block the ball on kickoff returns. He could be one of the up men, one of the guys in front of the primary return specials because they want the Washington commanders want three guys furthest back in kickoff return coverages that are uh, returns that have ball skills, especially with these new free kick rules. And again, the last episode we kind of talked about and dove into coach Kazer's opinions on the new free kick rules and the fair catch uh, inside the 25 yard line and what that could do in the NFL and some of the ramifications. So if you haven't heard that or watched that, please go back and do so. But because of those, the potential for more squid kicks uh, in the NFL this coming season, someone like Chris Rodriguez, you know, playing in front of whether it's Antonio Gibson or somebody else as a return specialist could be even more important uh, trying to field some of those things. And those are things that they are working on uh, throughout OTAs and will continue to work on in practices as well. Then, on kickoff coverages, again, something a linebacker could also do, go down, pursue the return man, pursue uh, the play, maybe recover a ball if it's botched or if they squib it themselves uh, and end up coming up with an opportunity for a return. So a lot of interesting things that Chris Rodriguez could potentially do on special teams while he waits for his opportunity to prove himself on offense. Speaking of offense, though, we also asked running backs coach Randy Jordan about Rodriguez. And here's what Coach Jordan had to say, quote, I think the biggest thing when you talk about Chris, right, First of all, the reason why we like him is because of his physicality. I call him the human undertaker. You watch WWE, he just was taking people out. And so when you watch the tape, that was the first thing in contact balance off the chart. So what I've been seeing from him is his willingness to dive into the playbook more so than anything else, trying to understand the why. He's asking the right questions, end quote. You got to love the analogy from Coach Jordan to WWE's The Undertaker. And I mean, again, the, the physicality, right, is, is all there. Uh, but again, that coachability, that ability to, re to receive and retain information, uh, Coach Jordan praising the rookie for doing those things. And also continued by saying that if he continues doing those things, really, if all the guys continue doing those things, he's going to continue to get better. Sticking with Coach Jordan, we're going to switch gears, come off of Chris Rodriguez a little bit. But uh, Candy Waller of, of Bowie, T Bowie TV and Seawall uh, Entertainment, Seawall Sports, and entertainment asked coach Jordan about kind of the, the 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 character of the room and kind of what the identity of the running back room is and coach Jordan said quote I have a thing that says strength in numbers ever since I've been here I've always talked about that let's have strength in numbers we're only as strong as our weakest link so I want those guys to understand I don't get caught up in the numbers I get caught up in production meaning does the production help us win that's the only thing I'm worried about is winning and losing games and how can I make you better as a player end quote uh, and then he emphasized, if a guy helps them win, he doesn't care who they are, doesn't care what your name is, doesn't care what your draft position is. If you can help them win, you're going to get on the field. 
So very interesting stuff there. And opportunities, obviously, for Chris Rodriguez to get on the field, whether it be special teams in the offense. Again, I'm anticipating the ability for Chris to demonstrate the power that he has in the NFL. I really want to see how that stacks up against NFL defenders. And if we get ourselves a fall forward power back here uh, for the Washington Commanders this season. Coming up here on today's episode, though, a new list and ranking gives us 290 million reasons why Dan and Tanya Snyder have been dragging their feet on selling the Washington Commanders franchise for so long. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Two hundred ninety million reasons Dan and Tanya Snyder have been so hesitant to sell the franchise. Of course, there are some others, but at least two hundred ninety. Uh, these rankings, or these reasons rather, rank the Washington Commanders sixth in the National Football League and thirteenth among all Major League Baseball. NBA, NFL, NHL, and professional soccer teams in terms of generating the most operating income in the past three years. And that is according to a study that was conducted by Forbes magazine. Uh, that ranking is based off of NFL income through the 2021 season, while the Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and soccer income numbers reported were all evaluated through 2022. Again, either way, it's three years uh, for all of them just NFL numbers are three years from 2021 back and the others uh, 2022 uh, and back. Unsurprisingly, the Dallas Cowboys ranked first in the NFL and in the world, earning just under $1.2 billion, uh, again, in operating income and are currently the only pro sports team in the world valued at over $8 billion. As much as we hate to hear it, uh, it is what it is. These numbers are all before interest, tax, depreciation, and amortization. Amortization, I can't know. I think that's how you say it. And according to Forbes, the NFL numbers are helped by the fact that team salary caps limit players to just under half of the league's yearly revenue. I think that's that's kind of a, a big thing uh, with the NFL. I think when you talk about bargaining agreements and CBAs and, and all these things and potential strikes down the road, I think that's a big part of it is players either wanting or not wanting or getting or not getting a bigger piece of the yearly uh, revenue. Because basically what this is saying is less than 50% of the money that the league earns every single year is actually going to paying players. Now, the value of broadcasting deals that Forbes says also helps these rankings for the NFL franchises uh, also helps them uh, is because each team earned $198 million combined from deals involving Fox, ESPN, CBS, and NBC. What's even better for the teams, anyway, the Amazon deal, not a part of this because uh, that didn't start till 2022. No major league baseball or NHL teams made the top 25 on this list. And Forbes says that's because of gate money. So, ticket prices, ticket money, right? Suffering during the pandemic and broadcasting deals just not being worth as much for them for major league baseball and the NHL. Although, if we're being fair, the NFL also played an entire season without gate profits. So, I don't know how big of an impact that really uh, should be counted as. Four soccer teams total ranked ahead of Washington for operating income over the past three years. The Tottenham Hotspur Soccer Club uh, ranked first among that crowd, making $414 million over the past three years, good enough to rank third overall. Three NBA teams, the New York Knicks, Golden State Warriors, and Los Angeles Lakers, all ranked ahead of the commanders with the Knicks sitting atop the NBA with $404 million earned over the past three years. Uh, and given the excitement on the, of the pending removal of the Snyders, excitement around the team is growing and a winning season this year could certainly help the Washington Commanders get back in the top 10 or even better in the next three years, I would imagine. Really, uh, all these numbers, here's what all these numbers mean to me. 
that's a hat tip to you guys, to to Commanders fans. That's really what this means, is that this number really only demonstrates the loyalty to the team and the fact that loyalty to this team is still uh, incredibly high, even if the man of the controls doesn't necessarily or didn't necessarily deserve it. Hopefully the new owners will respect your loyalty uh, a little bit better. So I salute you for sticking through it, sticking with it, and truly believe I do that your trials, your endurance are about to start paying off for you, Commanders fans. So coming up tomorrow, we're going to wrap up our OTA observations with players who need to show up and keep up as we enter the week's mandatory minicamp. And I'll give you my winner's list from the first two weeks of Phase 3, all that leading into our final week of practices before the quote-unquote dead period. And in this period, Locked On Podcast Network, Tegna has authorized all NFL shows to drop down to three episodes per week. But don't worry, we are still going to fire up Locked On Commanders five days a week. Anyway, if you have questions to submit for future mailbag episodes, throw them in the YouTube comments. On Twitter, email me at LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com or send them directly to me via subtext no mailbag this week we are going to do like i said we're going to wrap up otas and then tuesday i will be out of ashburn for practice so we're going to go over three days of practice to end the week this week as always i want to thank you so much for making locked on commanders your first listen of the day every day every day thank you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do and remember you can continue the conversation with me over at joinsubtextcom slash locked on commanders Thank you so much for making me part of your day, part of your routine. And if you have anything else Washington Commanders related you want to know or discuss, make sure you follow me on Twitter at dharrison82. Until we speak again, be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.